Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to toe that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm growing. <clears throat> I, I, I Very few times can I see my actual growth, but because of something that happened on Monday... Uh, I, I think Robert had an inclination. I was going to be talking about it because he's not here. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, I'm sure that we're going to hear about this on a Sunday. And I said, well, the statute of limitations, you know, there's got to be a, a grace period where I get over my wounded pride or, you know, uh, long enough, but, but that has started to shrink. So that's good. But, uh, on Monday, uh, Robert said, Hey, can you come help me tag calves? And of course I said, of course. And so me and Robert go out and um, enough, Jeremy's going to come later, but we go out there and we're riding and it's about 48, 50 degrees, little bit of wind, you know, just vest weather. And, and by the way, I dress like this today. This is not, not my, not my normal, uh, Sunday attire. This is exactly what I had on on Monday. Okay. I, every, well, I, I took my spurs off because some of y'all are like squirrel. And every time I'd walk around and go chink, chink, and y'all wouldn't pay attention to the sermon. And I knew that. Okay, so I'm loving y'all by taking my spurs off, okay, because I know you're easily distracted. But this is exactly what I was wearing on Monday. And so we get out there, and we're riding along the Bijou Creek. And, and man, with all the snow that we've had and the rain that we've had and everything, it's running pretty, a lot higher and faster than I've ever seen it, as long as I've been out there helping. And so anyway, we're riding along, and we, we cross the creek and we get on the other side because we're going to be going up it and then around and we'll catch the other cattle on the way back. So we're riding along and uh, anyway, I see this, this red cow, this little black calf, and that little black calf is just laying in the sun, just cute as a button, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to rope you, you little thing. I'm going to stick a loop on you like Cody Ole at the NFR, right? And so anyway... I rode up and that little booger jumped up and he took off like grease lightning. I mean, I re- no, he just laid there. And I walked up and went, boop, and missed. <laughs> it's really hard to rope a calf on the ground. Come try it. Come try it. But on the second loop, I caught it. I mean, it's like roping a donut. Rope a donut on the ground. So I threw it on there and I roped him. And then I, I'm tied off, so I have to back up butt head like, you know, 20, 25 feet, you know, to get it tight. And he's still just laying there. And so anyway, mama's standing there like, eh, no big deal. So I get off and Robert's like, what's her number? I said, 729. He said, what is it? Meaning, what is the calf? Is it a bull calf or a heifer? Well, you go sex a donut. You can't tell when they're laying on the ground, right? So I walk up there to see if this, I go up there to lift the skirt up to see. And I touch this calf and it goes, and mama come unglued. There is these three little trees. It's like one tree that had three trunks, kind of just about this big around. So, you know, they're kind of flexible, but kind of hard to. And, and she kind of come at me and she hooked at me and I slapped her in the, in the face. And I knocked, I've been working out, so I knocked her down. That is not true. <laughs> I slapped her in the face thinking that she would back up because usually they won't come over their donut calf, right? Well, I slapped her in the face and to my chagrin, she kept coming. Well, they're like, oh, crap. So I start taking a step back and anyway, I slap her again and I'm thinking, there's no way she's going to keep coming, but she does. So I turn to run, right? Not that I'm afraid. I don't want to hurt Robert's cattle. 
I turn to run, and the first step I take is in the bijou. Just my, just my foot. No big deal. But I look down, and it's like, right? And I turn around, and I'm thinking, oh, she's not following me. I turn around, and she is in my left ringer pocket, and she hits me. Boom. You ever seen a cowboy swan dive into the bijou? <laughs> Kadoosh. I'm dead serious. Completely submerged scuba diving. I come up, turn around. She is climbing out of the bijou. She had followed me in there. Not not as far as I did, but she wasn't that dumb. I have to swim to shore. I didn't know the bijou had a shore, but it did. So I swim to shore and I'm pulling myself out. And Robert is very concerned. He's like, And I look up at him with water in my eyes. My mascara has run. And he goes, I'm sorry, that was funny. (laughs) And so I laugh. My cell phone's in my pocket, right? So anyway, I get out. Now I'm mad. Well, she ain't gonna do that to me again. I go after that calf again. Well, this time we run around those three little trees and then I abandoned all hope when she knocked all three of those little trees down trying to eat my lunch. So here I was back to Butthead. Usain Bolt, back to Butthead. Butthead thought he'd been attacked by a Jabberwocky, right? So I get on. I'm wet. I'm breathing hard. Superman Robert steps off his horse. He picks up a branch about this long. And he goes, he walks up like Babe Ruth at the World Series. She comes at him, he goes, whack, and he hits her, and she knocks him flat on his back. Boom, blows him up. <laughs> and so I have to scoot over Butthead to get him off, get the cow off. He gets up, and he goes, she's not joking. <laughs> I could have told you that. Could have told you that. Were you not watching? So Robert gets back on his horse. But luckily, God had provided. There's like five cottonwoods that was grown in a circle. Seriously, I'm not kidding. It was like a shark cage. So Robert jumps off and he gets in those five little cottonwoods. And I drag the calf over to the shark cage. Well, she can get her front up to her brisket in there. Robert's got the calf and he's plastered against the backside with this calf trying to eat him alive. Right? So he finally gets it tagged and he lets it loose and they go traveling down the road and I am just soaking wet, soaking wet. I look down, see these stovepipe boots? I can see the water standing in them. (laughs) So we go to the next calf. We rope it. She's not as bad. Robert is walking back to his horse and he steps over a fallen cottonwood and goes to take a step in his tie string that has a ring on it, catches on a little branch, and he face plants. Boom! I'm not kidding you. Leaves went. I'm not going to tell you what Robert said. But he turned around and he looked at me and I went, I'm sorry, but that's pretty funny. 
So he has to back up and get his tie string off. He climbs on his saddle and I said, so I'm looking at him, I'm sopping wet. He's got the breath knocked out of him probably. And I said, well, we got two done, Robert. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Crazy, crazy times. The next three hours were some of the most miserable conditions I've ever felt in my life. I was sopping wet. I checked my phone, miraculously, no big deal, wasn't harmed. It was 48 degrees with a 12 to 15 mile an hour north wind that made the wind chill between 39 and 41. And I rode and roped calves in standing water, literally. I did dump my boots out once, put them back on. They filled back up at one point. Robert looks over at me and he goes, I'm getting cold, sorry. He said, I can't imagine how you feel. But you know, right when I got out of that creek and got back on my horse, he said, man, I'm so sorry. We can go if you want to. And I said, no, we came out here to do a job. Me being wet doesn't change that. I just kept going, calf after calf. And if you would have listened to me close, this is not a lie. This is silly, but sometimes you need silly things to keep you going. I was singing somewhat out loud, somewhat to myself. It's the... Eye of the tiger is the king of the fire, rising up to the gentleman of our love, and the last known survivor, so she stay in the night, and he's watching us all with the eye of the tiger. I couldn't get nothing rough. I had back spasms from shivering. We ended up getting a bunch done that day. But today we're going to talk about how to keep going, even when you want to quit. I know that some of you have been knocked down recently, some of you more than others. You've been going through some miserable times. Times have been hard. I don't know your specific situation, but I know it's been a little bit rough lately, and you probably hadn't even told anybody about it. You've thought about quitting. How many times have you thought about just giving up and possibly even allowing yourself just to be bitter just for a moment or maybe for longer than that, just getting cantankerous, feeling sorry for yourself. I'm not doing this anymore. How many times have we all felt like that recently? But today, I'm going to show you a special scripture that will get your eye of the tiger back and help you to keep going. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now, the the reason that the writer of Hebrews says this right here is because Hebrews chapter 11 is called the hall of faith. Okay, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, don't do it now because you're going to be reading and not listening. Go back later, read Hebrews chapter 11. It talks about uh, Abel and, and how his sacrifice was better than Cain's. And then it talked about Enoch, how he walked with God, about Noah, about Abraham, about Isaac's faith and Jacob's faith and Joseph's faith and Moses' faith and Rahab, the prostitute's faith. And then it, and then it even says in one part, we don't even have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and and Jep, there's more to that word, that name, but I don't know how to pronounce it. So we're just going to call him Jep. David, and I mean, they don't even have time to talk about the faith of David, right? It's called the hall of faith. Now, that's not what the Bible calls it. That's what, you know, in our, in our Bibles it's called. About David and Samuel. They are the who's who of faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. These are the guys that seriously been there, done that got the t-shirt, okay? 
But the only difference, they were, they were just men and women like you. They were no more human or less human than you are. Despite what we know about Moses and Abraham, they were people just like you, just like me. They had the same temptations. They had the same faults. They had the same sins, everything. But what made them special is that they put all their faith in God. Every bit of their energy went into faith in God. Well, how'd they do it? Hebrews chapter 12 goes on to say, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, they, they heeded God's call. They had a direction to go and they just kept going. They didn't just keep going until it got hard. They kept going long after it got hard. They heeded God's call and they kept going. It wasn't always perfect. It was, they're, they're, you can look at all of those uh, of Moses and David and Samuel and, and Jacob and Isaac and Joseph. Man, none of those guys were perfect, but they just kept going and they kept their eyes on God. They kept their faith. How can we do this though? How do we keep going when things get tough? And if you're not going through a hard time, I bet recently you have, or might I dare say, if everything is golden right now, and maybe it has been for a while, get ready. Because it's like, I mean, it's, just, it's life. It's ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. How do we keep going? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, we do this, right? I think what's fixing to follow is very important. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Think about this. When Peter was walking on water, they, they see Jesus walking out. Peter says, God, or Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you uh, and I will. He said, come on in cowboy. He climbs out of the boat. He starts walking on water. Nowhere else do we ever hear of anybody walking on water. Besides the son of God and Peter. But what happens when he takes his eyes off Jesus? He starts falling in the bijou. Swan died. Doing the backstroke. When John the Baptist looked upon Jesus, when, he, when his eyes fell on Jesus, he said, behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. Man, when you look upon Jesus, when you keep your eyes on him, special things happen. And when you take your eyes off of him, Bad things can happen. We start to want to give up. We start to lose hope. We start to lose faith. You know, in John 3, 14, Jesus said, just as Moses was lift, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the son of man be lifted up. And what Jesus was talking about was when the Israelites were in the desert, they were, they were complaining about God and complaining about Moses. Basically, they were griping, moaning, and bellyaching. I know none of us do that. Okay, I know that we are all immune to complaining, bellyaching, and moaning about our situations, right? But a bunch of poisonous snakes come and start biting everybody that's complaining. Thank you, God, that that doesn't happen anymore. And so uh, Moses prays to God, and, and God says, uh, put a serpent up on a pole and stand it up, and everybody that looks upon that shall be healed, which was a foreshadowing of the cross. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And then the writer of Hebrews gives us four things, what I call guidelines to having the eye of the tiger. 
of never giving up. Even when you want to, even when you're miserable, even when you think that, that everything in the world is falling apart, four guidelines. It says, because of the joy awaiting him. Talking about Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him. Now think about that. Because of the joy awaiting him. Jesus knew that this was not heaven. And he knew that he would have to go through many hard times. He lived a perfect life. People spat on him. People tried to kill him. I mean, as, as rough a life as it can get, Jesus lived. But he was able to keep going because of the joy that he knew was waiting for him. But see, we've become, you know what that's called? Delayed gratification. Can you endure now to get something better later? Man, Nobody even knows what delayed gratification means anymore. Man, we got credit cards. If you want something, man, you can, you can go have it now with some low, easy installment payments with 19.9% interest. You know it's true. Faith is a delayed gratification knowing that something is, something is better waiting. But we give that up because sin, faith is delayed gratification. Sin is instant gratification. Sin is giving up God's eternal promise for a fleeting pleasure. Yeah, sin feels good, man. It don't matter if you're complaining. It doesn't matter if you, you know, spout off at your wife or your kids or, you know, you're griping or, and it's an addiction. It doesn't matter what it is, man. Sin feels good for that long and then you know you suffer for it. That's what instant gratification gets us. Sin is instant gratification. But Jesus was able to keep going because of the joy awaiting him. Think about this. The next time you're going to complain, talk bad about someone, lose your temper, give in to that addiction, tell yet another lie, or whatever it is that you know that you should do that you don't or that you shouldn't do that you know you should. I don't even know if I said that right, but you know what I meant. <laughs> Guidelines to have the eye of the tiger. An eye of the tiger faith where you don't give up. You've got to grab a hold of delayed gratification. It might be hard now, but something better is waiting. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. You know, when Robert looked at me and said, you know, we can go back. It's chilly out here and the wind's blowing. And I said, no, we've got a job to do. That makes me sound tough, doesn't it? I'm not. You want to know the real reason I said no? Because when we got to Robert's house, he was packing his left arm. He'd been kicked in a horse in his elbow right here. And his wife, Sue, come walking over to the barn. And I said, well, hello, Miss McLean. What are you doing out here? She goes, I'm coming to find out what the bloody shirt in the sink is all about. He'd already soaked one shirt. And this, he put on a red shirt because Robert's not as dumb as. <laughs> he put on a red shirt. He is a Texan. Tougher than, tougher than rock. And he had nearly soaked this. It had kicked him in the elbow and the back of the hand. And, when I, and he'd kind of been hiding it back of his hand was all swollen up like this and see Robert gets on his horse with his left hand he doesn't use his right hand he grabs a hold of the mane sticks his foot in and pulls himself up with his left hand you should have seen him trying to get on that horse without his left hand you should have seen him fall flat on his face with a swollen up arm that he could not even move that man is tougher than I will ever be and that's what I thought about when he said we can go back home if you want to and I was like I'm just wet and you can't even move one of your arms and you're out here tagging calves. But even that doesn't compare to what Jesus went through of the scorn and the ridicule. 
and the pain of the cross. And he did it all for us. And you know what? If Jesus can do that for us, man, what do we have to complain about? Seriously. What do you have to complain about? Because I know dang well, I ain't got nothing to complain about. Not anything. I'm not asking or I'm not making light of what your struggle has been. I am not. Pain is pain. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you not to give in and not to quit. Because Jesus went through more than you did. And he did it for you. And when we follow him, he went on to the cross. We're just supposed to pick up our metaphysical cross, our spiritual cross, and follow him daily. Isn't that the least that we can do? I think it is. Man, I need to quit whining and complaining and bellyaching and, you know, my life is so difficult. No, it's not. Man, I can get a Dr. Pepper anytime I want to. Man, all I have to do is flush a toilet. I got to traipse outside and use, you know, cactus or whatever. I don't know what they use. What we use in Texas because we're tough. <laughs> Unlike those Montana guys, they just took a ring of their hat, just kept peeling it off. That's why they got so small and flat. <laughs> that was not in the notes, by the way. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. But, you know, Paul asked, Paul asked for the thorn in the flesh to be removed three times. But, Je- <laughs> but Jesus said, no. He said, I'm not going to take your, your pain away because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And, and when this hurts, you'll know that, that I'm there with you. Not because I, I didn't leave you and that's why you're hurting. When you're hurting is when I'm there with you. When you have nothing left but you keep going, that is when God's power truly reveals itself in your life. And then it says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Being a Christian isn't easy. My buddy Brian is sitting right over here. He's from Montrose, Colorado. He used to run one of our line camps for Save the Cowboy. I met him on Wednesday. He was here for some training. Picked him up at his hotel, and we drove over to an Applebee's to eat and to fellowship and to visit with my good buddy. And I was dressed to the nines, right? Because, see, my little girl bought her, her first vehicle this week. And when you go to buy your vehicle, a vehicle for your little girl, when you put your cufflinks on, you put your sport coat on, you want it to look nice, even if it's on federal. <laughs> Looking back, that was not such a good idea. I did not know we were going to federal. But beside the point, pick Brian up. He's in his cowboy hat, looks just like he does now. Two sharp dressed men. We get out and we're walking into Applebee's and this dude comes walking out. And he's carrying some food. He's parked in the Applebee's to go. And he's walking out and he looks at me and Brian and he goes, well, look at y'all two. Ain't you just a pair? <laughs> well, thanks. I was dressed pretty sharp. Brian was looking mighty fine himself. So I said, thanks. Because I'm, I'm good natured, right? And he said, yeah, y'all two little kissing cowboys, yeehaw. And then he went on to describe sexual acts that cowboys do to each other. Right out loud in the parking lot in front of everybody. And me and Brian just kept walking. Because that's what Jesus would have done. Do you know how bad me and Brian both wanted to say something? Because we could have taken him. (laughs) Two cowboy ninjas like us. Special forces training. Brian being law enforcement. Mine being calf tagging. He wasn't nothing compared to that mama cow. Could have taken him. And there wasn't no creek to fall in. But we didn't. (laughs) I did not. Your Montana ears just heard it. <laughs> if I did, I apologize. I'm serious. And this dude was just, 
in front of people. We just kept walking. Walked right in, and Brian said, it's been a while since that happened. I said, yeah, me too. And we never said another word about it because that's what Jesus would have done. And that's what happens. That was, that's kind of the shame of the cross. When you're a bigger man, that's what you have to do sometimes is just walk away. Nobody was going to be hurt. Now, if he'd have been beating on somebody, he would have taken a thumping. He wasn't beating on nobody. He's just jacking his jaw. He's running his mouth. Ain't no big deal. But when you, Jesus disregarded its shame, sometimes you have to be the bigger person. You have to walk away. You have to be Christ-like even when it's, when it's not easy to be Christ-like. And yeah, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, I would have said this. Well, maybe you would have. But we didn't. And we're not better. But what kind of glory would it have bring God to have the police called and plastered all over the Denver newspaper? Cowboy preacher in jail. That wouldn't have brought much glory to God. And then it says, now he is seated at the place of honor besides God's throne. So we've talked about four guidelines. Number one, because of the joy awaiting him, man, you've got you to delay gratification, okay? He endured the cross. You've got to just keep going. You've got to disregard its shame. It's going to be hard sometimes, but you've got to be the bigger person. And finally, now he is seated at the place of honor because beside God's throne. If you keep going, if you don't give up, if you run the race, then one day... You will get your crown of life. You will have the eye of the tiger buckle, but only if you don't give up. And you're probably like me. You've given up a lot. You've given in a lot. Stop. I'll stop. You stop. Well, I'll stop. You will get to see Jesus face to face. And if you endure, and if you do these four guidelines here, if you delayed gratification because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross where you keep going when you disregard its shame, when you become a bigger person, you will get the crown of life. You will get that buckle. And on that day, Jesus will look at you and say, well done, cowboy. Well done, cowgirl. Get on in here. What you waiting on? That's what we're going for right there. But you got to do these other things, man. You got to quit giving up. You got to keep going.